Amen. Uh, so I want you to hear this night, an Exodus year, and I said this Sunday morning, but an Exodus year is a prophetic year. Or, or a prophetic time. An exodus is a fulfillment of prophecy for the nation of Israel to be brought out. God told Abraham, he said, you're, you're going to raise up a people and they're going to go into Egypt. And 400 years later, I'm going to bring them out and I'll bring them out as a nation. And so much of what they experienced was a fulfillment of what God had spoken already. How many know there's some things that God has spoken concerning the body of Christ? Maybe some of you have had a word spoken over your life. Maybe there's things that say, well, when is that going to come? to pass. And so when God leads us into an exodus, many times it's a fulfillment of those things that have been spoken. So you can't have an exodus without fulfilling what has been spoken. The exodus of Israel was a fulfillment of what God had declared. And our exodus will also be a fulfillment of what has been spoken. Amen? So look inside your outline just for a moment. You know, Sunday morning, it's been a while, and, and, and for me even to prophesy, but I just felt so strongly as the word the Lord stirred up, and I really believe this is a real prophetic word that we need to pay attention to, is that God declared that He's released a spirit and, and an anointing of Nehemiah. And what God does, He stirred in Nehemiah, and even if you study Nehemiah in that, God declared that after 70 years of captivity, He would bring the people back. And God always says, even in that, that He would would rebuild and he would restore and so God begins to stir something in us and anointing in Nehemiah means that when we hear something it stirs something in us. It, Nehemiah heard about the condition of the wall of Jerusalem he heard what what the condition of the city was and it began to put a burden on the inside of him and he began to pray and his prayer went just from his needs and and something happens when we allow our prayer life to go to another level to transcend or or, or to, if, if you would to rise up beyond praying for ourselves or praying just for those that we are intimately connected to and start praying the plan and the purposes of God. Amen. And say, God, use me according to your plan and to fulfill your purpose. So God declared that there would be a Nehemiah anointing and that we would to pray and receive the wisdom and provision to rebuild and to restore. That we were to stand ready to build and to fight at the same time and finish the task. He said the enemy will plot against the work, but God will expose his plan and we will build and we will restore. See, God has released an anointing to rebuild and to restore. He's declaring it, and He will do it. Amen? But it's going to take spending some time in true spiritual intercession. He is the one with the plan. We must come into agreement with Him. Amen. And uh, it, it was uh, cool today. We went down to a, a little pastor's gathering for the Assemblies of God and, and, and in our area. And we were at Destiny Church down in Rockland. And, and Pastor uh, Greg was there. And he's just speaking about what God told him. And, and he said he went, went through this journey there. And he had this whole plan. And the Spirit of God spoke to him. And God said, hey, that's a good plan. You want to know what my plan is? And many times we have that. We have a plan. And we can do a lot of great things. And, and they're good stuff. And we do them. And, and, and God will allow us to do that. And it's good stuff that happens in there. You can even help and bless people. But God has a plan. So our heart is, is really to seek the plan of God for our lives. Amen? Praise the Lord. And, and, and so when we get to this, uh, 
and we're seeking for a revival and seeking for other things. We, we use all the program, and God does all that. God uses programs. He, he uses instruments. He uses all the different things we put together. He uses building and, and everything. He uses titles and all that. But the church is not about programs. It's not about buildings. It's not about titles. It's about people. Amen? And the way God reaches people, He really reaches people through other people. And when we begin to pray, God does something dynamic in our life in moving our hearts towards others. Amen? Somebody asked Finney, said, what's the secret to revival? And Finney said this. He says, there's no more secret and no more mystery to having a revival than there is to a farmer reaping a crop. If a farmer tills the soil, puts the seed in the ground, and trusts God for the rain, then when the time comes, there will be a harvest. And for you and I, if we'll just do that, if we'll till the ground, if, if we'll break up the fallow ground, if we will pray and seek God, if we'll speak and declare the word and sow the seed of God's word, then God will appoint the season for harvest. Amen? Now hear me, and Pastor Paul did such a great job. First service, he preached on the process, and that's really important to understand that as we're moving forward, an exodus is a process, and there's a lot of stuff that happens in the process, so just stick with the process, amen? But then in second service, he, and, and we just didn't talk, I just told him, said, hey, we're fasting and praying, I felt like God told us this is the year of exodus, that's the only communication we have, so he came in with a message on the process, and then the second service was all about prayer, Amen? That's powerful, and, and like he said, it says prayer is the answer, amen? And, 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 uh, and prayer still is the answer, but more than that, prayer is the only answer. It's not a answer, it is the only answer, amen? And so in order for us to really be, uh, uh, reach the fulfillment of the exodus that God has for our lives and for our church and for the body, we must all become intercessors. And there's been things that happen around intercession. Many people hear about intercessory prayer. Some people get freaked out by it, mostly just because we don't understand how God works. Amen. But there should be something. If you really know somebody in an area that has a situation, then you need to allow the Holy Spirit to use you and transform you into an intercessor. And so what the intercessor do is to prepare the ground and to sow the seed for the harvest of revival and our exodus. We're all going to have to become an intercessor for see these things come to pass. And you might write this on your outline there if you can on the back or someplace. And uh, there are some answers that will only come through the prayer of intercession. They're not going to come any other way. There are some things, there are some people who will get healed just by, I was reading by Brother Hagin, and he's talking about that, that in meeting, you'll have people, and some people can read the Word and get healed. They can just speak the Word and get healed. Other people get healed by laying on a hand. But then Jesus said when the man was demonic and, and, and he had condition, he says there are some breakthroughs and some miracles come and some healings come only through fasting and through prayer. And that prayer that he's talking about is intercessory prayer. How many know when Jesus did ministry, he spent time on the mountain in intercession, and then he would come down and ministry would flow out of him. Amen? 
to the needs of the people. So for you and I, many times there are people who, who are standing, but even personally over your own life, learning how to pray and learning how to tap in and be led by the Holy Spirit into intercession. Amen. Romans chapter 8, I put it in your outline here. In the same way the Spirit comes to us and helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what to pray, what prayer to offer, or how to offer it as we should, but the Spirit Himself knows our need and at the right time intercedes on our behalf with signs and groaning too deep for our word. And he who searches the heart knows the mind of the knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because the Spirit intercedes before God, and on behalf of God's people in accordance with God's will. And so there's a prayer when we allow the Holy Spirit to become the intercessor through it. There's a prayer language we just pray, and we pray in the Spirit, but intercession is a level of prayer that God wants to take us all to that's greater than just our normal prayer life. How many would agree? So watch that. There are two types of prayer that Paul talked. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. There's two types of prayer that need, we need to be aware of. One is praying from our understanding, which is mental prayer. Come on, when we just pray in our own language, in English, and we're just praying what, 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 what we're, you know, thinking about in our mind, that's just mental prayer. That's natural prayer. So, so we're praying according to the scope of our understanding and our insight about any given situation. But how many know the Holy Spirit knows more than what we know in our minds? Amen. And so God has helped us. And, and the word helper there means it means that the Holy Spirit has come to come alongside of us and, and, and to hook arms with and to help. And so there's areas there. He is here to be our helper, but we have to allow him to do that. Amen. And so watch it. So there's praying in the understanding, which is mental prayer. And then there's praying from our spirit by the Holy Spirit is spiritual praying. And we have to operate in both. We need to pray in our understanding, but we also need to pray with the spirit. How many would agree? See, for too long, the church has endeavored to carry on the work of God with only one kind of praying. And that's mental praying. And that's good. The nice thing about mental praying is that it is safe praying. Mental praying is safe. And, and then we can all pray together. We can all say amen. We can all say I agree. But there's another thing. When we give ourselves to be yielded, to be a vessel of God, for God to pray His will. Look, look what we read there. Go back up just a little bit. And it says that to Romans chapter 8 there in your outline. It says, because the Spirit intercedes before God on behalf of God's people in accordance with God's will. How many wish you could just say, man, I know God's will for everything I pray for? Wouldn't that be nice? Say, man, I, I know God's will. I know I'm praying God's will. I don't, I don't know. But the Holy Spirit, I know how to pray God's will by praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen? By praying in the Spirit. See, uh, in that area. Now think about it. So we've been praying just with mental prayer and carry on the work with just that one kind of praying, mental praying in our own understanding. But we're not going to defeat a spiritual enemy and win, say, supernatural battle with just the power of our own understanding. Amen. Second Corinthians or First Corinthians chapter 14 and, and, and look at verses 14 and 15. It says, for if I pray in an unknown tongue. 
My spirit prays, but my mind is unproductive. Amen? Now, listen to it out of the Amplified. It says, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, prays. But my mind is unproductive. It bears no fruit and helps nobody. Verse 15 says, then what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit and I will pray with the understanding. I will sing with my spirit and I will sing with the understanding. Now listen to how the Amplify. Then what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me. But I will also pray intelligently with my mind and understanding. I will sing with my spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me, but I will sing intelligently with my mind and my understanding also. How many know on, on the day of Pentecost that it says they heard them speaking the wonderful works of God, the praises and magnifying God. They were all praying that to the disciples were praying in other tongues. They had no idea what language they were speaking. They didn't know those languages. It was an unknown language to them. But those that knew the language and could understand it, what they heard was the Holy Spirit giving God praise through them. Are you listening to me? And so here they are. How, how, how do we praise God? What can I say? Thank God for wonderful songs. Thank God for glorious music. Thank God for all that. But every now and then, you got to give Him some praise in the Spirit. Amen? You got to let, and they, same thing with your prayer. Thank God for knowing what the situations are. Thank God for having some insight and situation. But every now and then, we got to get to that next level where we let the Holy Spirit pray the perfect will of God. Amen? Hallelujah. So look at, we're not going to possess the promise of our exodus by just natural means. We will have to walk in the Spirit and pray in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our helper, and He is empowering us for the work of intercession. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3-6 through 6 says this, For though we walk in the flesh as mortal men, we are not carrying on our spiritual warfare according to the flesh, using the weapons of man. Think about that. You and I are in a spiritual battle. You're not going to defeat a spiritual enemy... With natural means is what the Apostle Paul said. So we're going to have to be wise and know how to fight spiritually. And the way we do that, that's why Jesus said, Hey, it's, it's, it's important for you that I go away so the Holy Spirit will come and He will be your helper. He's, you're going to receive power when He comes upon you. You're, you're going to receive gifts when, when He comes upon you. You're going to receive an enablement. And so the Holy Spirit is here to help us. And in our life, when the Bible says if we walk in the Spirit, if we're led by the Spirit, and if we pray with the Spirit. Are you listening to me? It's so important. So he's here to help us. And the only way you're going to defeat a spiritual enemy is with spiritual power. So Paul says the weapon of our warfare or this or, or excuse me, though we walk in the flesh, our mortal men as mortal men, we are not carrying on our spiritual warfare according to the flesh and using the weapons of man. The weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses, for strongholds. We are destroying sophisticated arguments 
and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive, every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ, being ready to punish every act of disobedience when our obedience as a church is fulfilled. Now, our obedience is to walk with the Spirit and to war in the Spirit. Are you listening to me? And so when it comes to pulling things down, how, how many know somebody that, 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 that is just dealing with, with just bondages on there? We're praying for people to get saved, but they're so caught up and they're so convinced that their lifestyle, their viewpoint, everything about their, their perspective is right. And they don't understand why you're so intent on trying to get them to get saved and to change their mind. That's a stronghold in their life. Okay, so you tell me how to break that in your understanding. You don't know how. And so it's going to take a, 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 a weapon that is greater than just our understanding. How are you going to pierce through that? You can only do it through spiritual warfare and through intercession. And that means that you have to allow the Holy Spirit to pray. And so there will come a season when you give yourself to that. There comes a season. And, and, and sometimes it just means just getting on your faith and just praying in tongues. Praying with the Holy Ghost. And just let the Holy Spirit flow through you and let Him be in control. Here's our problem. We are control freaks. We want to be in charge. We want to have a handle on everything. But learning how to yield to the Holy Spirit and allow Him to pray through us. Listen to this. Finney had an elderly man who was semi-retired. Charles Finney. How many heard of Charles Finney and, and the revival that he had? Now think so Finney had an elderly man who was semi-retired from ministry working with him, whom they called Father Nash. Father Nash would go ahead of him three weeks in advance of a planned revival meeting to try to get two or three people of a, uh, uh, to enter into a covenant of prayer with him. Someone asked Finney what kind of man this Father Nash was. They said, we never see him. They said, he doesn't enter into any of the meetings. So they hear about, who's his father now? Everybody hears about, well, where is he? Nobody's ever seen him. And Finney replied, he said, like anybody who does a lot of praying, Father Nash is a very quiet person. Show me a person who's always talking, and I will show you a Christian who never does much praying. Amen. On one occasion, Finney says, when I got into town to start a revival... A lady contacted me who ran a boarding house. She said, Brother Finney, do you know a Father Nash? He and two other men have been at my boarding house for the last three days. But they haven't eaten a bite of food. I opened the door and I peeped in at them because I could hear them groaning. And I saw them down on their faces. They've been this way for three days. Lying prostrate on the floor and groaning. I thought for, that something awful must have happened to them. I was afraid to go in and I didn't know what to do. Would you please come and see about them? Finney replied, it isn't necessary. They have just been in a spirit of travail in prayer. And so when you read about revivals, and you read about breaks, you read about some of these things, and you read about deliverances coming to people. 
And you read about what happened in Finney's meeting. It was because there was somebody behind the scene, somebody giving themselves to prayer. And here's what I'm saying. What we do is we get excited. We hear the word of Exodus for our life. And, 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 and Tim referenced it when, when he was praying over provision needs. And, and, and one thing that Greg said today that his father taught him, Pastor Greg said, is that the area of always be a giver, that there's two classes of people in the world. There are only givers and takers. You're either a giver or you are a taker. We've become a nation of takers. Everything around us, take and get, receive and get. But givers, and, and, and as he said, I was thinking, you know what? If you desire to give, you never feel like you don't have enough because your heart is in your giving. You never complain because you're always looking for a way to give. You're always looking for a place to sell. Amen? And something transformed when we give ourselves to prayer. Give yourself. Listen to what the apostle said. He said, we, we, we don't want to go over and wait on the table. We will continue to give ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. There's something happens when we give ourselves in prayer for the needs of others. When you give yourself to praying for somebody else's merit, somebody else's healing, somebody else's salvation, somebody else's provision, when you give yourself to intercession on behalf of somebody else. Could you say Amen. Something powerful happens when we give in that way. Wow. See, there's something that happens when it comes to intercession. Hear me. Romans 8 says that we do this, that the Holy Spirit intercedes through us. Hear me. There are, there are those who will never be saved unless somebody intercedes for them. Only intercessory prayer will break the power of the devil over them and release them. There are some who will never be healed until we really intercede for healing. I, I read years ago the, 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 uh, about John G. Lake and, and his ministry in the healing rooms in Seattle. And up there, at the, if, if you went to, to his school and, and, and his ministry there, his training ministry, when, when to graduate, the way you graduated is they gave you a terminally ill person. They would give you somebody with stage four cancer. And you, and you prayed them through to their healing. Amen. You prayed them through. Now let me put it to you another way. When we give ourselves, if we can allow God in this season, if God can get a handful of people, amen, to give themselves to become intercessors, we can begin to see amazing miracles. Amen? Amazing. God can do some amazing things in that. And uh, so, so, so they would give themselves to that and pray that person through for their intercession. How, how many remember when, when the four friends brought, brought their friend who, who was on a bed and, and, and they tore the roof off and let them down? And, the, and, and Jesus says, yeah. and Jesus seeing their faith said to the man. Jesus seeing their faith. They had faith for their friend, and their faith for their friend got his healing. The guy on the bed was just along for the ride. But their faith brought him to the place, and their faith got him his answer. And when we say yes to be intercessors, then we say, God, let my faith be an answer. Amen. Years ago, we, 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 when we were pastoring in Bieber, we had a lady came, Cynthia, I'm trying to remember her last name, 
Cynthia Porter, I believe, was her, was her name. Uh, I remember Cynthia. I'm trying to remember her last name right now. But, but, but a dear uh, Afro-American sister, just a sweetheart of a lady. And, and, and she came and she talked about Because many times people say, well, if you just had more faith, God would heal you. Well, if they don't have a faith, you should have faith for them. Amen. Let your faith be there. How many know sometimes it's hard when you're in the middle of a battle, it's hard to build up your faith. You need somebody else to come alongside and, and exercise their faith on your behalf. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask Teresa to just come back to the keyboard tonight. Amen. See, the Bible says that God is seeking for those who will stand, that God looks for an intercessor who will stand in the gap and make up the hedge. And, and that's what intercession is. See, there are things that are broken down in other people's lives. And, and last week we prayed over other areas. That, but tonight I just felt that the Spirit of God direct me to, just to encourage us to allow the Holy Spirit to move you to the place of becoming an intercessor on behalf of others. And, and to give yourself in prayer for somebody else. Look, when Jesus says, give and it will be given unto you. Live to be that giver. Give and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. See, I, I, I put it in your outline, the declaration, and Cole read it Friday night, and, and I read it Thursday night. But, but I want you to have it, and I want you to see it, because there's something that, that we make declaration. Make a declaration. Over, declare the Word of God over your life. How, 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 how do you walk with God? How do you live victory? You and I are to speak God's Word over our life. Declare and speak God's word over your life. What has he said concerning you? Make it personal and declare it and confess it over your life. And, and declare, this is my standing. This is who I am. This is my position. This is what I believe. This is what I've received. And this is what I have in Christ. Declare that over your life. Make that declaration over your life. And, and then faith, right? okay, I have that. That's who I am. This is what I have. And since I know that I have this, because I have this, I can now give myself other. How many know Jesus knew he was the Son of God? He didn't have to reaffirm. How many, how many know he knew that the Father would take care of everything for him? He wasn't concerned. Jesus never prayed for himself. He knew his right standing. He knew he was the Son of God. He knew he had God's favor upon his life. So he was able to give himself away. He said the Son of Man didn't come to be served. The Son of Man came to serve others. He came to give himself away. And we understand our sonship. When we understand our position, it is amazing how it liberates us to be able to give ourselves away to others. And then as you start giving away, you find out where, where the next thing you know, you're having these testimonies. Man, God's just been showing up in my life and these things have been happening. I haven't even been asking him to do it, but watch it. When I'm asking him to do it for you, I'm sowing a seed. When I'm praying for you, I'm sowing a seed. And God has this amazing thing that, that that harvest comes back based upon the seed you sow. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm, I'm just going to ask, but you might want to stay where you're at. You might want to spread out a little bit. But I want to take some time in intercession. We're going to pray tonight. But look at this declaration. And, and you can just keep this with you. I put it in there so you can have it. You can put it in your Bible. But it's something when you begin to declare over your life. See, and just to say, Lord, I still believe in being born again, being baptized into his death, and raised in newness of life in Christ. I believe in being filled with the Holy Spirit, crucifying my flesh and living a new life, being led by the Holy Spirit. I still believe 
I'm saved from all sin and judgment, forgiven, redeemed, renewed, regenerated, restored, reconciled, being made alive and cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. I still believe I'm adopted by the Father and a joint heir with Christ as a child of God, I, having been redeemed out of darkness into light. I still believe that I'm saved by, the, by grace through faith in Christ's anointing, atoning sacrifice for my sin, destroying the yoke of my path, and cleansing my conscience from sin. I still believe in the cross, the blood, an empty tomb, a risen Savior, and a soon and coming King. I still believe the Bible is God's holy word written by the men He inspired, that Jesus is God's only begotten Son, born of a virgin and conceived by the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father, and He has been poured out upon all flesh, that Jesus is still the head of His church, and we are His body in the earth, equipped for good work. I still believe these signs follow those who believe. We will speak with new tongues, lay our hands on the sick, and they will recover. We will cast out devils, take up serpents, fear no evil. We will walk by faith and not by sight. We will tread on serpents and scorpions, having, all, having greater power than all the power of the enemy. I still believe that nothing in God's Word has passed away, and all of His Word is being fulfilled in and through our lives today. I still believe demons are subject to His name. I still believe I can pray and He hears me, and if He if I know he hears me I know I have the things I have asked of him if I ask anything in the name of Jesus he will do it according to the he will do it to glorify the Father therefore I believe I receive when I pray I mix his word with my faith and I possess the promise amen I, I, I dare you I dare you to pray that every morning I dare you to make that personal and declare that over your life and, and then just thank the Father and praise him and then say now Father thank you that's my standing now there's somebody that needs to know what I know there's somebody that needs to receive what I have received so Father, I will give myself to interceding for them. Amen? How many believe that applies to you? Amen? How many believe you can say, okay, that's for me right there. I take that right there. Amen? Okay. Well, if you believe that, then let's take these next few minutes. Let's take just about eight minutes here. And I want to take these next eight minutes. And I want you to find some place, maybe to kneel down as an intercessor. Let's get out of our comfort zone. But just find a place where you can kneel down. And you're not going to pray one word for yourself. You're going to ask the Holy Spirit to put somebody on your heart. Somebody that needs a healing. A marriage that needs to be restored. A, a provision that you're aware of a need in somebody's life. And I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to intercede to you on their behalf begin to pray for them let God use you as an intercessor right now amen